turned on here. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bibles. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 12. Matthew chapter number 12. Isn't the Lord good? All the time. Matthew chapter number 12. And let me say this while the while the choir is finding their place. I've got to apologize. Uh, Wednesday night. Wednesday night. Uh, it was rough, man. It was, it, it was a tough week this past week. And it uh, looked like everybody had been run through the ringer. And uh, there were several that, that looked like they was real tired and, and had their eyes closed. <clears throat> so y'all know what's happening. Are y'all with me? And I, I whined about it a little bit in the, in the, in the lesson. Uh, you know, that, hey, we need to wake up. There's people sleeping. And uh, on the way home, Holy Spirit got in the truck with me. And... Uh, don't y'all love when he does that? And, uh, and said, so you didn't like people sleeping, huh? I said, well, not really. He said, well, at least they were there. I'm like, ooh. You know, there's a lot that stayed home. At least they showed up. So uh, for those that, that, listen, I apologize. I shouldn't act that way, and I shouldn't, I shouldn't be that way. And I'm thankful that you were at least there. And so I want to I want to do that because if I don't do that, the Lord won't touch me today because he got on to me and I'm, I'm making it right. All right. And not that I want you to sleep, <clears throat> but uh, I don't need to be whining about it. Amen. Amen. All right. Matthew chapter number 12. And uh, we're going to begin reading in in verse number one. Are you glad to be saved? Amen. 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 We're going to do some studying this morning. Uh, it's not going to be a rare back throw down spit to the third row type message. Uh, we're going to we're going to study some information and it's going to help you. Uh, it's going to open your eyes to a, a lot of uh, habits that we have as man with the, the word of God and the laws of God and, and show where we mistake things sometimes. But but you'll see what I mean when we get there. But let's just let's go into Matthew 12, verse number one. When you're there, say amen. At that time, now remember, remember, we just come out of, come unto me, all you that labor, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. My yoke is easy and my burden is light, right? He said, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Now we're going to see an example in chapter 12 of what he was talking about there. And we're going to see the burden that these, these guys are carrying. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do on the Sabbath day. And he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priests. Or have ye not read? And, and by the way, that's, a, that's, a, that's kind of a sarcastic remark because these were, these were teachers of the law. In other words, he's saying, haven't you read the scriptures you're supposed to be masters of? Are y'all with me? It's, it's really a dig. He said, uh, or have ye not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy, he's quoting Hosea 6, 
I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would have not condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man, the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days that they might accuse him? And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, Stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the other. Watch this now. There should have been rejoicing. There should have been rejoicing. Man, look at this healing. Look at this miracle. This man is better. But watch what happens. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him how they might. How bad does legalism mess up a man's mind? Are y'all with me? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your blessings. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for a, just a great crowd this morning. Thank you for a great choir and the music and the worship and the spirit in this place. Lord, I desperately need the Holy Spirit to touch my heart and, and give me the ability to articulate what I need to share and so that everybody can understand it. Uh, Lord, some of this might seem a little complicated, but, but Lord, help me to do it where it's not. Help me to do it where it's simple, where it's easy to understand. I pray that your, your, your perfect will be done. More than anything, I pray that you will be glorified and magnified and we can exalt the name of Jesus this morning. God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray and all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. If you're here for the very first time, we have been going through the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew portrays Jesus as the king. Say it with me. Jesus as the The earlier chapters we have gone through has shown the pedigree of the king, his bloodline, his heritage, and how he, he, he has a right to the throne of David because he's in the lineage of David. Are y'all with me? So we see his heritage. We see his announcement. We see, uh, or we've seen his, his prophet, which is John Baptist, right? The forerunner, the one that was to come, the one that would come before the king and prepare the way. We saw his, the king's uh, principles. Right? The principles, the Sermon on the Mount. He, he laid out how his kingdom would be operated and how his kingdom would be run when he, when he taught on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, we saw the king's testing, if you will, in the wilderness when he was tempted by Satan. Uh, you, you see, the king ju- couldn't, couldn't just take the throne. He had to be tested to make sure he was worthy, that he was able to do what a king needed to be done. And he was victorious over Satan. Say amen. So he was tested and he came through with flying colors. Uh, we saw uh, many different things. The king's ambassadors, the king and his court. And, uh, and so basically, in the first part of Matthew, we saw the presentation of the king. Here he is. This is him. This is what backs up his claim. This is his power. We saw that. We saw his power. He's healing people. He's, watch this now. He's doing things that only God can do. Nicodemus came to him one night and said, We know that thou art a teacher come from God. Why? Because no man can do what thou doest unless God be with him. We know that there's something different about you. Nobody can do. Nobody has done what you are doing. So he's, he's declared his power. So he put it all out there. He showed him his power, pedigree, his prophet, everything, his principle. Here I am. Here is the evidence, if you will. Now you've got to decide. Will you accept me or reject me? Now we learned, we learned last week and the week before, that this is the beginning. Chapter 11 begins the king's rejection. He has presented himself to the nation of Israel. He said, I am your promised king. I am the Messiah. I'm the one that God promised would come. And, and so in chapter 11, we begin the nation's rejection of their king. Last week, or we, we learned that the first thing they rejected was his prophet. Say that with me. The first thing they rejected was his John Baptist came preaching in the wilderness. Listen, he came disciplined. He came, uh, uh, listen, very strict and regimented. He, he did not, he, he was way, matter of fact, uh, he said he was way different than me. And you said he had a demon. 
So first they rejected his prophet. They would not adhere and they would not accept John Baptist's message. What was his message? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. What was John's message? Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. This is him. This is him. This is him. Right? They rejected the prophet. Well, today we're going to look at the rejection of his principles. Say that with me. The rejection of his, in other words, his truth. His truth. And how we're going to do that is we're going to show the difference between God's law and man's tradition. God's law and man's tradition. In other words, let me just make it simple as we go through it. Here's what happens. God will give us a law. God will give us a command. But man doesn't think that other men can understand that. So we make a bunch of laws to help them obey that one law. Are y'all with me? we We just have a bad habit of this. We have a bad habit of adding to what God said. And it started all the way back in the Garden of Eden with Eve. God said, don't eat of that fruit right there. You know what what he said? We can't eat it and we can't touch it. Well, God never said that. Now, how many of y'all know we have a hard enough time keeping the rules we got? Why do we need to add more? Are y'all with me? But we do. We do. And I'm going to show that to you. I'm going to show that to you. Now, here's what we're we're going to do. Let's look. And and the first two points are really just points, and I'm going to just give them to you. And then we'll we'll jump into the message later on. These will be real quick, okay? And then I want to read some information to help you understand what we're talking about. First, number one, in the rejection of his principles or his truth, or basically his law or his word, first we see, number one, the act, A-C-T, the act. What instituted this? What, what instigated this rejection? What did Jesus do that caused them to, to get all sideways with him? Look in verse number one. We find this in verse number one. And at that time, and at that time, and by the way, by the way, keep in your head the end of chapter 11. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. Keep that in your head as we're going through this. And it'll just, man, this makes sense now. Watch. He just gets through saying, all you that are laboring are heavy laden, all you that are burdened down. He said, come to me and I'll give you rest. Now watch. At that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn. And his disciples were hungry. Now, now, here's the thing. They, they, they didn't really have paved roads like we have to get from, from one village to another village. Sometimes the path would take you through somebody's farm, all right? Uh, they're not going to the corn on purpose. They're going from place to place, but they would pass through different places that had corn beside it. Does that make sense? Sometimes you would go through a farmer's field to get to one village to the next, and, and the path would take you in the, in the cornfield. As they went through the corn, his disciples were hungry. They, they got hungry and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, Behold, the disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. The act. First thing we see. If you look in Matthew chapter 12, they got corn and ate it. But it was on the Sabbath day. Okay? Now, look what it says in Deuteronomy 33. Or excuse me, 23, 25. Right in your notes. Right in your notes. And by the way, if you're here for the very first time, we put the notes. We put the notes out there on the walls and those, and those uh, uh, shelves out there. And so anytime you come, you're more than welcome to grab your notes and you can follow along with us. Okay? Look what it says. In Deuteronomy 23, 25. When thou comest into the standing corn of thy neighbor, then thou mayest pluck the ears with thine hand, but thou shalt not move a sickle under the neighbor's standing corn. Now what happened? In the beginning, when God gave them commandments, he said, look, if you are hungry, if you are hungry, it is okay if you're going through to grab a piece of corn and eat the corn. Okay? In other words, God made provision for the very poor or, or for people that just had need. Are y'all with me? Now you could eat some corn while you're there, but you couldn't put none in buckets and take it home. Does that make sense? In other words, you couldn't go harvest your neighbor's corn. But God made a provision out of mercy and compassion for those that were hungry. If you just happen to be passing by, you could get an ear of corn. You could get an ear of corn and eat it. Now, if you're a farmer and you have a whole crop of corn, one ear of corn ain't going to break you down. Are y'all with me? And God knows this, so he made a provision for that. And so what they are doing, they are walking through and they're hungry. All right? They're hungry. Now, they take the corn and they start eating the corn. Here's the second point. All right? That's the act. Does everybody understand what has happened? They just got some corn. That's all. They got, they got corn. But it happened to be on what day? Sabbath day. Right? The Sabbath day. The Sabbath day, the Sabbath day rules and regulations is kind of the center point of the Jewish religion. I mean, that's like the, that's like the big kahuna, the mac daddy of them all. If you're going to break any rule, don't break the Sabbath rule, right? Okay, it happened on the Sabbath day. Look at verse 2. Look at verse 2. I want you to see the accusation. If you're taking notes, write this down. We see the accusation. Verse 2. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto him, talking about Jesus, Behold, look, 
Now, my question is, what were they doing out there? But that's, that's anyway, that's just the way I think. Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. It kind of reminds me of this. It kind of reminds me of people that go around trying to catch people doing wrong. People come to me, did you see one of your members? I said, oh, I'm a hard time keeping up with myself. Do you realize if you'll keep yourself straight, you won't have time to investigate everybody else? Anyway, that's a whole other sermon. Look at verse 2. But when they saw it, they said, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. This is the accusation. I want you to write this down, and then we're going to read some information. A, first I want you to see, that's a false accusation. Write that down. That's a false accusation. And this false accusation, B, it's based on tradition. It's not based on God's law. It's not based on God's word. It's based on their tradition. It's based on what they added to it. Now, here, let me give you the rule. Let me give you God's rule. Okay, is everybody ready for this? Everybody ready for this? It's real complicated. It's real complicated, so you've got to follow along, right? You've got to follow along and pay real close attention. This is God's rule about the Sabbath. Rest. Rest. Say it with me. Rest. He said rest on the Sabbath. Rest. Okay? That doesn't seem too complicated, does it? Well, this is way too complicated for you to understand, so we're going to have to write some rules so you can understand this. That is the lawyers and the scribes thinking about this. Now, we're going to help you keep this law by giving you a thousand others to keep this. Watch. Watch what I mean. Watch what I mean. Now, I'm going to have to read just a little bit, but you'll, you'll, you'll enjoy this. Let me, show you how, let me show you how crazy man can get with rules and regulations, okay? When Jesus began his ministry, the old covenant was still in effect, and all of its requirements were binding on Jews, the special people of that covenant. Jesus observed, now watch this now, this is what you've got to keep in mind. Jesus observed every demand and met every condition of Scripture because it was his own word which he came to fulfill and not destroy. Now watch what, I'm, watch what I'm saying, Matthew 5, 17. It says, think not, this is Jesus' words, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets, I am not come to destroy it, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass one jot or one tittle, shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. In other words, Jesus came to completely fulfill and accomplish every single law in God's word. Are y'all with me? Now watch, now watch. What did they just accuse him of? You're doing that which is not lawful, right? Watch this, watch this. But we know, according to Scripture, he accomplished every single one. He never broke one of God's holy laws, okay? Now watch what, watch what it says. But several hundred, several hundred years, the various schools of rabbis had added regulation after regulation, going far beyond the teaching of Scripture, and in many instances, actually contradicting it. Watch what Jesus said in Matthew 15, 6. And honor not his father or his mother, he shall be free. Thus have, watch this, watch what Jesus says. Thus have ye made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. But verse 9 it says, But in vain they do worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. In other words, they were saying, God said, but God never said it. God didn't say it, they said it. It was their tradition. It was the rules that they had made to help you follow God's one rule. Are you, are you, getting, are you picking up what I'm putting down? Now watch, now watch. This is, this is unbelievable. In no area, in no area, were those additions more extensive and more extreme than in regard to the Sabbath observance? Now, 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 before we go further, now what was God's rule on the Sabbath? Everybody say it. How many words is that? That's pretty simple, correct? God said rest. Now watch. Keeping the Sabbath was still a binding ceremonial obligation for Israel. But most Jews had little idea of the original purpose of the Sabbath or how God intended it to be honored. Instead of being a day of rest, it had become a day of incredible burden because of the thousands of man-made restrictions regarding it. The Sabbath was more tiresome than the six days devoted to one's occupation. In other words, it was harder to rest than to earn a living. Because they were so worried on this day that we're going to break one of these rules of the tradition. So what did that make them? Weary and heavy laden. 
Y'all see where we're going with this? Watch this. Let me give you an example. One section alone of the Talmud, which was the, 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 the extra stuff. Not God's word, but the extra stuff that they wrote to help you keep that one command of rest. One section alone, the major compilation of Jewish tradition, has 24 chapters listing Sabbath laws. To help you do what on the Sabbath? I hope you see this like I'm seeing it. One law specified that the basic limit for travel was 3,000 feet from one's house. How many of y'all, you know, as you're reading through the New Testament, you hear that term, a Sabbath day's journey. A Sabbath day's journey. And what does that mean? On the Sabbath day, they had to count their steps. Because if they took too many steps, they would classify that as work. So a Sabbath day's journey was only a certain amount of steps you were allowed to take on that day. See how crazy this is? But what did God say? 3,000 feet from one's house. But various exceptions were provided. If you had placed some food within 3,000 feet of your house, you could go there to eat it, and because the food was considered an extension of the house, you could then go another 3,000 feet beyond the food. If a rope, now I'm, I'm reading it right out of it. This is, I know it's funny, it's crazy. Listen, if a rope were placed across an adjoining street or alley, the building on the other side as well as the alley between would be considered part of your house. All right? Now watch. Certain objects could be lifted up and down only from and to certain places. Other things could be lifted up from a public place and set down in a private one and vice versa. Still others could be picked up in a wide place and put down in a legally free place. But rabbis couldn't agree upon the meaning of wide and free. Under Sabbath regulations, a Jew could not carry a load heavier than a dried fig. But if an object weighed half that amount, he could carry it twice. Eating restrictions were among the most detailed and extensive. You could eat nothing larger than an olive. And if you tasted half an olive, found it to be rotten and spit it out, that half was considered to have been eaten. Throwing an object into the air with one hand and catching it with the other was prohibited. If the Sabbath overtook you as you were reaching for some food, the food was to be dropped before drawing your hand back, lest you be guilty of carrying a burden. Mm -hmm. Tailors did not carry a needle with them on the Sabbath for fear they might be tempted to mend a garment and thereby perform work. Nothing could be bought or sold. Clothing could not be dyed or washed. A letter could not be dispatched, even if it, was by, if it was by the hand of a Gentile. No fire could be lit or extinguished, including fire for a lamp. Although a fire already lit could be used within certain limits, for that reason, some Orthodox Jews today use automatic timers to turn on lights in their homes well before the Sabbath begins. Otherwise, they might forget to turn them on in time and have to spend the night in the dark. I know y'all think this is crazy, but when we went to Israel on the Sabbath, on the Sabbath, the elevators and all of the motels, they would automatically come on and they, they, were, they were timed and they were programmed to stop on every floor. So a, a Jew could walk in and not have to touch any buttons and it would stop on every floor and he would have to wait so he wouldn't, because if you touch the button, that's work. That's a fact. Brother Brown, is that not true? Every, listen, there was the Sabbath elevator and the, and the other two for us heathen Gentiles. <laughs> Do you see how crazy this is? All right, now, now, watch. Baths, baths could not be taken for fear of some of the water might spill on the floor and wash the floor. Chairs could not be moved because dragging them might make a furrow in the ground. And a woman was not to look in a mirror lest she see a gray hair and be tempted to pull it out. You could carry ink enough to draw only two letters of the alphabet. And, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and false teeth could not be worn because they exceeded the weight limit for burdens. <laughs> According to those hair-splitting regulations, a Jew could not pull off even a handful. Now we're getting to where we're going. A Jew could not pull off even a handful of grain to eat on the Sabbath unless he was starving, which, of course, is often a difficult thing to determine and would be cause for considerable differences of opinion. If a person became ill on the Sabbath, only enough treatment could be given to keep him alive. Treatment to make him improve was declared to be work. Now you say, that's crazy. Well, why were they asking, can you heal this man on the Sabbath? Because they considered that work. Y'all with me? Okay, now, treatment to make him improve was declared to be work and therefore forbidden. To determine just how much food, medicine, and bandage would be necessary to keep a person alive, and no more, was itself an impossible burden. 
Among the many other forbidden Sabbath activities were sowing, plowing, reaping, grinding, baking, threshing, binding sheaves, winnowing, sifting, dyeing, shearing, spinning, kneading, uh, separating or weaving two threads, tying or untying knots, sewing two stitches together. I had several more pages of this stuff. Do y'all see what's happening here? Now let me, let, me, let me define what they're actually saying. God never broke one of his laws. You with me? Jesus never broke a law. But he was constantly breaking their traditions. And the problem, the problem that Jesus had on this earth, and this is what got him killed, is because they put their traditions and their rules and their regulations on the same plane as God's holy word. In other words, these are just as important as what you said. Are y'all with me? Now I know what some of you are thinking. How dumb is that? That's so stupid. Why would anybody, why would anybody, let me tell you something, why are we doing it today? We have people that are running around, claim to know God and claim to love God and claim the Bible and everything else, and they're doing the same thing. They're doing the same thing. I was that way. I was that way. You know what God said? Wear modest clothing. You know what I was saying and I was taught to say? If you're right with God, you'll have a suit and tie on when you get to church. What did God say? Worship me in spirit and in truth. You know what man is saying? If you don't have a red, red back hymnal, you're not even right with Jesus. Jesus didn't have a red back hymnal. If you don't go to church on such and such and such and such, such, such I'm going I'm to I'm crimp some of his hair right here. Do you realize there's not one single regulation of what day in the New Testament that a New Testament believer is supposed to go to church? Matter of fact, it specifically says there's not one day holier than the other. You know what that means? If we decide to start having church on Wednesday morning, it would be perfectly fine with Jesus. Well, y'all don't even have Sunday school. I had a man come in here and get irate with my wife in the foyer because we didn't have Sunday school. And we, he thought we were so ungodly for not having Sunday school. You know what? They didn't in the book of Acts either. But you see what's happened? Over year after year after year after year, we've added this and we've added that. We've added this tradition and that tradition and that regulation and that rule to the point that we've made this whole Christianity thing so unbelievably burdensome to everybody. We do it. It started with Eve. The Pharisees did it. And guess what? There ain't a whole lot changed through time. Matter of fact, let me say this. I'm, I'm going to just say this. You can like it, lump it. It doesn't matter to me. There was a preacher that posted something on another preacher's uh, post about going to church three times a week, churches that don't have Sunday night service and Wednesday night service. And I'm talking about, sir, I'm not talking about Bible that have a sure enough full-blown service, that they're not right with God, they're backslidden, blah, 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 blah. I normally don't. <laughs> you know where this is going. I said, may I help you with something? I said, I'm meeting in a body shop with about 13 or 14 men Many of them are not even converted yet, not saved yet. But they are hungry for the word. And they're in there soaking it up. And guess what they're doing? They're going and telling everybody they know what they're learning that week. They're not even converted yet. I said, I've got church members that are there, there every time the doors are open. If they, we have it, they're there. But they have not told one single soul about their faith. They have not shared their faith. They have not witnessed. They have not brought one single person to Christ. And I've got unconverted men in a body shop that's being more Christian than Christians in this building. But you know what? You know what a lot of Christians say? They wasn't here on Sunday morning in this building. They're not as good a Christian as I am. Now they won't say that out loud, but that's what they're thinking. One day, preacher, maybe you can get them, them fellas to get right and come into this building. Well, they're doing more for God in the body shop. I hope they never come in this building. Because they may ruin them. Y'all get the point? There's no, there's no law in the New Testament. Guess what? We're just as much church in the body shop as what? Matter of fact, it may be a little more. Because they're actually being disciples. 
But do you see what rules and regulations and traditions has done? Traditions has made us comfortable in where we are. That we think we're, it's the same thing that happened to them. You're breaking the law. No, they're not. Jesus never broke the law. He broke their tradition. Now, let's look at number three, the answer. Let's look at the answer. Watch this. This is, this is boy, Jesus gets them. Now, does everybody understand the point that there's tons and tons and tons of rules and regulations on how to keep one? And God just said, all that God said was rest. Y'all with me? They got, they got bent out of shape. They, in other words, they created their own religion. But the problem with that is their rules contradicted God's. And because of their rules, man was not able to keep God's rule. Does that make sense? Now watch, watch. We see it's a false accusation based on tradition. Now watch how Jesus answers this. But he said unto them. Isn't it amazing how Jesus just takes them right back to the word? He takes them right back to the word. Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless? Now, he, watch what happens. We see number one, or eight. Write this down. We see in the answer. First, the examples he gives. The examples he gives. He gives two different examples. The first example, and he does this on purpose, guys. You've got to get this. Jesus is calculated in everything he does. The first thing he does is bring up their hero. They bring up the one they revere the most, and that was King David. King David was the hero of Judaism. I mean, if there was anybody that they honored and they revered, it was King David. Are y'all with me? Say amen. And so he brought up David. David and his companions were running from King Saul. King Saul was trying to kill them, and they were running for their life, and they didn't have any food. They were starving to death. They come there, and, and, and the priest, they were only allowed, the showbread was only allowed for the priest. Okay? But the priest didn't have anything else to give them, so he gave them that bread. And David ate it. Well, guess what? God understood the necessity. It's the same principle of the ox in the ditch. On the Sabbath, if the ox is in the ditch, it's a necessity. It's an act of mercy. Get the ox out of the ditch. In other words, God suspends his law for acts of mercy. He did not discipline the high priest, and he did not discipline David. Why? It was an act of They were going to starve to death if they didn't get some food. In other words, words, what God is saying here is man's need is greater than ceremony. It was an act of mercy and compassion. Y'all with me? He said, as a matter of fact, how about about the priests? How about, because see, the priests had to continue doing sacrifices on the Sabbath. And in other words, if you really break it down and study it, the priests had to work twice as hard on the Sabbath than they did the rest of the week. But you don't have no problem with that. You know why? Because the Sabbath didn't regulate service to God either. Y'all with me? Now, let's think about this today. Today, I'm preaching twice. This service, next service. I've got a uh, foundations, uh, uh, which is our, our membership class at, at, I don't know when it is, right after I get through with the second service. One o'clock, I think. I have a funeral at two o'clock. All right, we have DMD training at two and four. So as soon as I get through the funeral, I'll come back to that. Technically, I work harder on the day of rest, our day of rest, that we, we, we honor and we give to God. But none of y'all think that's a bad deal. You see, I'm trying to make this where we can apply it. Y'all don't think I'm doing bad by doing what I'm doing right now, do you? No, because it's an act of service to God. You with me? And he said, the, 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 the priests, they, they have to work twice as hard, but yet they're, they're blameless. Okay? The, the Sabbath does not restrict acts of mercy. It does not restrict uh, uh, service to God. Are y'all with me? And then he gives an illustration. A man comes in and he's withered, and, and he heals him and said, the Sabbath does not even restrict when necessary things to do good, to do good. Does this make sense? Now, by the way, by the way, there is no Sabbath for New Testament Christians. Not one single recommendation or command to keep a Sabbath for New Testament Christians. So you can take that out. I'm just using that as an illustration. Okay? In other words, he's putting it back in their face. Have you not read? Have you not read? They're supposed to be doctors of the law, and they don't even know the word. They don't know God's word, but they know theirs. You know what? I found that to be true in a lot of modern-day Christians. They have no concept of what the word of God says, but they know what their traditions are. They don't know what Jesus said, but they sure know what Paul Paul said. And that's bad. Why? Because Paul Paul is fallible, and he could be wrong. I'm not saying all of them are wrong, but they can be. 
you better know what Jesus said and line up what Paul says with Jesus. And if Paul says something different than Jesus, then Paul wrong. Are y'all with me? So first he gives them examples of how hypocritical they are. So you're, you're hypocritical. You're, 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 you're condemning my disciples when you're doing the same thing. All right, look at the second one. We see the example he gives. Then the truth he explains. This is, this is the message, guys. Perk up right here. Perk up right here. Pinch your neighbor if they're asleep. Pinch your neighbor. Pinch your neighbor. I'm not complaining if you're asleep. I'm just wanting you to wake up right here. Okay? Now watch. Watch. Don't you see the truth he explains? The truth he explains. There's two things. There's two things. Look in verse 7. Look in verse 7. But if ye had, what's that word? Known. If ye had known what this meaneth, what? I will have mercy. And not, and look, all right, we don't have time, but go back to Hosea 6. I think it's Hosea 6.6. 6. You, can, you can look that up. And this is what God is saying. Let me tell you what's more important to me. You having mercy and compassion on your fellow man. That's more important to me than ceremonial religion. When he says, I, I would rather have mercy than sacrifice, sacrifice, sacrifice represented their entire ceremonial tradition. Because, in other words, they worship the Sabbath more than the God of the Sabbath. And he said, you don't get it. That's what he's saying. You don't get it. You don't even understand what the Sabbath was for. What was the Sabbath for? It was an act of mercy to give man and beast a break. That's what it was for. They had to work every single day. And God says, I'm going to give them as an act of a day of rest so they can have a break. But you know what you did? You added more burdens and more rules and more regulations on the day of rest. And he said, you just don't. What is the number one rule? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy mind. What's the second rule? Love thy neighbor. And if you love your neighbor, you're going to have mercy and compassion. They didn't care one bit about this man's withered hand. All they cared about is that their rule was followed. And Jesus said, you know what? You just don't. You don't understand. You don't understand. In other words, they didn't understand the heart and the spirit of the Sabbath. It was to give us a break. It was an act of mercy. But they turned it into burdensome rules that made you weary and heavy laden. Does this make sense? Watch this. Watch this. I got to hurry. Got to hurry. He said, you just don't get it. Verse 8. Matter of fact, he said, if you don't understood what that meant and understood what I'm really after, he said, I don't care about your ceremonial activity. All right, let me, let me apply that to today. Let me apply. Everybody look at me now. Everybody look at me. Don't, don't get all sideways on me. Look at me. God doesn't care as much that you're doing your little religious thing here as much as he cares about you going out of here and loving your neighbor. Let me put that into application. Let me put that into application. Waiters and waitresses hate Sunday because us good church people leave church after we've done our church thing. And then we go out there and give them hell when they try to serve us. I said it. I've watched it. That's exactly what it is. We have our suits on. We have our official Sunday attire. We have our uniform. And we leave our church after we've been churchy. And we go treat them like garbage. And don't tip them. You know what God's saying? I'd rather you have a pair of Bermuda shorts on and don't even go and sit in that churchy and go and act and treat them like Jesus would. They didn't get my order right. It's not the end of the world. Anyway. You see how we can apply all this stuff to right now? You know what, you know what I, I want to tell you? To come in here and act church and you got your uniform on and you, you, you act all, every, and then you go out and act that way? You know what I want to tell you? You don't get it. God doesn't care about your religiosity. God cares about whether you're showing pity and compassion and mercy on your fellow man. The Sabbath was for mercy, not more rules. They used the Sabbath to look more religious. 
The purpose of the Sabbath was mercy. But watch what Jesus said in verse 8. He said, besides all that, for the Son of Man is even of the... Boy, that chapped them. Because, see, they didn't worship the Lord of the Sabbath. They worshiped the Sabbath. And, and, and it really chapped them when he said, and let me tell you another thing. There's one greater than the temple here. You know why he said that? Because they were worshiping the object and not the spirit that was in it. Oh, that's terrible. But y'all, come on now. Modern day Christians do the same thing. This is the house of God. And you worship this building. You don't say that. You don't think you're doing it, but that's exactly what you're doing. If you act, okay, let me show you how. You act one way in here, act something right out there, you're worshiping this building. Not the God of this building. Because the God of this building is in you, if you're saved. But if you act that way, you probably don't have that either, so. Hey, man, I didn't mean to get all this in here today, but. Jesus says, I'm boss of the Sabbath, too. I'm more important than the Sabbath. I have authority over the Sabbath. And he proves it. See, we see the example he gives, the truth he explains, then the proof he displays. Look at the question he proposes. Verse 9. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue. And behold, there was a man which had his hand withered. And they asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day that they might, what? Accuse him. But watch what he did. He asked them a question. He said unto them, He turned it back on them. What man shall there be among you that shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? What, which one of you? Which one of you? Now he's getting in their pocketbook. Because the sheep and the lambs, that was their source of income. And he's saying, how many of y'all are going to risk that? No, you're going to get it out. And then he says, how much better is this man than this animal? That just proves they had no mercy or compassion on their fellow man. Are y'all with me? The proof he gives is in the question he proposes, then the miracle he performs. Look what he says in verse 13. How much then is a man better than a sheep? Wherefore, it is lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then saith he to the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it forth, and it was restored whole, like as the, you know what that was? That was without a doubt an act of mercy and compassion. You know what Jesus said? That's what God's looking for. That's the point. We look at number four. Look at number four. Write this down. We see the animosity. The animosity. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him. How they might... Now watch what I put here. Watch what I put here. Look at the bottom of your notes. Their legalism outweighed their logic. And because they loved their traditions more than... It was now their plan to get rid of the... Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. Are y'all, y'all, y'all getting this? Here's what will happen. There's going to be many people. There's going to be many people. Look this way, everybody. Look this way. It's all right. Look this way. There's going to be many people that will hear this because they, they creep all the time on our website. <laughs> because they're legalistic and they're mean as the devil and they're not growing, so they're trying to figure out a secret formula that we got why we're doing what we're doing. And instead of understanding that they're trying to act in the place of God by putting more rules and regulations on their people, trying to control their people, they would rather just shut me down for telling the Now, there's going to be people in here right now. You don't like what I said today, so you'll go somewhere else. That's fine. That's fine. There's plenty of other churches out there that will tell you different. But you can't run from the truth. You can't run from the truth. Y'all with me? But guess what? Jesus was constantly tearing down their tradition and putting forth the 
true. That is why they rejected it. Because their love for their tradition was greater than their honoring the truth. And all God's people say it. Let's stand. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be here. God, help us to have a love for the truth. Lord, let us not be so caught up with religion and tradition 